in, in just a minute, I'm going to invite Bishop to, to speak and, and share and minister anything he might have from the Lord. But I want to just give you a quick verse. I felt the Lord open. Uh, actually, he woke me up with this verse today. Brother Timothy, if you'll put it on the screen, Psalm 91 and 1. I tell you, I don't know if I woke up first or if he gave me this verse first because they happened so simultaneously. But I've been uh, thinking on this and dwelling on it this morning. This is what the verse says. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And the Lord just keeps turning over that word shadow in my mind and, and in my spirit. And if I, if I really believe this scripture, so the, it, just what do we know about shadows? Well, there's one on this pulpit right now because my hand is in front of a light, right? So that's a shadow. What's required for the shadow is the source of light and then the thing that's going to block the light or overshadow the thing that's going to be in the shade. And so it almost confounds me to think, well, who's the source of light? Who created the sun? The Lord did. But why would he create the sun and then David say, I'm going to dwell in the shadow of the Almighty. Why can't I just live in the sun? Because he made the sun. Well, I'll tell you why. Because he made the sun to do a whole lot of things, including to burn and to scorch and to heat. But his shadow protects. It provides shelter. It provides Shade and dwelling in that place of shelter and shade. That's where David is saying, everybody, that when you find a secret place of the Most High, how does the creator of everything have secret places? I mean, he, he's everywhere. He's, he's all He's all, all present, omnipresent. He, he can be over there and over here at the same time. So how is he going to have a secret place? I believe what David had realized from spending time with the Lord was, if I'm here and this is my secret place with the Lord, then when I'm over here, I'm no longer in that secret place with the Lord. This is what Jesus said when he told him, enter into your closet to pray. Find a secret place to get alone with me and your father that sees in secret. He knows you're there. He knows your secret place with him, where you're spending time with him. I would dare say with this, this depiction, he's sitting there waiting for me at the secret place. And he's wondering, I wonder if Elder Flowers is going to join me today. I've got a, ooh, I've got a shelter for him. 
right here. I've got a shadow for him to get under. I wonder if he's going to find this place today. If I get there, if I find that, and I dwell there, I'm under his covering. I'm under his protection, his shelter. I don't care how hot the sun gets then. I'm not worried about any of the other elements around me then because I'm under his shelter. Shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The scripture says that Mary was overshadowed by the Lord. Overshadowed. That means, and then she conceived once she was overshadowed by the Lord into a secret place where the Lord can manifest himself the way that he wants to. I want to live that way. Amen. Bishop, why don't you come? You know, the picture I got, <clears throat> the picture I got when you started talking was a cow. I've seen a cow stand behind a tall weed just to get a little shade on its face. And then I've seen another cow stand behind that cow. When it's really hot, and the sun is beaming. I've seen six cows in a row. And I wonder, what are they doing up there? And I go up there, what are they looking at? Oh, they're looking at that weed. It was just puffy enough to put a little bit of shadow on their face. That's hot in Yakima Valley. So, I'm on the same message. Okay. But first, I want to be ministered to. So I've asked my daughter if she would sing a song. And she did not refuse me. So enjoy with me. I'm going to sit down. You better worship with me. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus till every dark addiction starts to break declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus 
shadows burn like a fire. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Oh, every fear and all anxiety. driving down here somewhere along highway 82 I said your name is power your name is healing and I will continue to speak them over every situation I said that in the car 
Thank you for the affirmation and the confirmation. But I just really wanted to listen to you sing. I want to find something here really quick. Okay. I want to read something to you. This is out of the New England Medical Journal. So we'll consider them an authority on this subject. An extensive study in the USA found that the most productive age in human life is between 60 and 70 years of age. Pay attention now. The second most, the second most productive stage of the human being is from 70 to 80 years. Brother and Sister Escobar, would you stand and take a bow? The third most productive stage is from 50 to 60 years. There's still time for some of you. You're only getting ready for the biggest part of your life. The average age of the presidents of prominent companies. Oh, wait, I missed one. The average age of a Nobel Prize winners is 62 years old. The average age of the presidents of prominent country, companies in the world is 63 years old. The average age of the pastors of the 100 largest churches in the USA is 71. The average age of the popes is 76 years. This tells us in a way that it has been determined that the best years of your life are between 60 and 80 years old. A study published in the New England Journal of Medicine found that at age 60, you reach the top of your potential, and this continues into your 80s. My wife and I are just getting started. Therefore, if you are between 60 and 70 or 70 and 80, you are in the best and second level of your life. Make a note of it. Okay. First Corinthians 11th chapter. At verse 3. Yeah, we'll 
But I would have you to know that the head of every man is Christ. I answer to him. You answer to him. You answer to him. Adam, you answer to him. The head of every man is Christ. We have responsibility, Matthew. We answer to him. He gives the directives. He leads us. He guides us if we are a follower of him. He calls the shots. And whatever I do in life, I have to give an account. I answer. Brother Vance, you answer to him. Now, this is a constructive order in which is revealed to us for whatever God's purpose is in all of this, we ought to give attention to it. We should pay attention. The head of the woman is the man. So we have Christ, man, Christ, man, woman. Or maybe you would like it this way. Christ, man, woman. But I know you don't like it like this. Christ, man, woman. Right? Because authority does not equate to minority. Or vice versa. Okay? But there's order and accountability, responsibility. There may come a day, hasn't arrived yet, that you will have to give an answer that she will not have to give an answer for. Whoa. Responsibility. Do you know there's three men in the Bible? Adam, Solomon, and King Ahab. That the Lord charged them because of their lack of spiritual leadership. And there was a cost. No, 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 no. Don't tell me what she said. I'm talking to you. That's the Lord speaking to Adam, Solomon. A man that couldn't help himself had not one, two, three, four, five. Lives. Wives. And then Ahab. Because he let Jezebel rule the show. Boy, and he charged them. Now, it's good. It's good to know our place. It's good. When I know my place in him. My responsibility to him. I can't turn to my wife and say, baby, why don't you start going down to the church and praying for the family? I'm tired today. You know me, I'm a night guy. I like to stay up all night. I can't get up in the morning. This is fictitious, you don't understand that. But can you imagine, Joey?
even imagine the thought coming into your mind. Now, you got to get married for this to apply. But to turn to a spouse and say, why don't you get up and go down to the church? Submit yourself to the Lord. Start praying for our family. Help us with these children, these kids, and grandkids. Ah, you wouldn't think of that. Because we understand. No, 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 no. We understand. God holds those who are in a leading position accountable. Okay? And he establishes this idea in his word. Let's look to Exodus chapter 17 at verse 8. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. Now let's get the picture. You young guys, get your swords, get your spears, get down into that valley. I'm going up on the hill with a stick. You know, it's the stick that I stuck in the water, made it sweet. It's the stick that I did this and did that under the direction of God. I'm going to hold the stick in the air. You guys go fight the battle. What? And it came to pass, verse 11, when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Who was Moses? Moses with the, was the one who was accountable to God for Joshua, for Aaron, for Ur, and for every soldier in the valley. He was responsible, he was accountable and answerable to God. And this is the position God gave him among the people. It would not have been the same if Joshua or, God forbid, Aaron or Ur said, No, I'll take care of that. You stay here, Moses. Take your load off. Sit in the shade. Fine. Get behind that weed. The order that was established was really important to the people of God. And that Moses stood in that position. Now, oh, let's read the rest. But Moses' hands were heavy and they took a stone and put it under him. He sat thereon and Aaron and Ur stayed up his hands. The one on one side, the other on the other side. His hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. We have organized a little bit around prayer. We've been having prayer meetings 
we have had prayer days, agreed for others to meet with us together in a place right here, over there, up there, other places. And we've organized around the idea of praying. And we've uh, communicated a lot about men's prayer. It's not a gender prayer. It's head of household prayer. Okay? The idea of calling out men to come, submit themselves to the Lord, to become a spiritual leader in their household. It's not men's prayer, it's head of household, really. Prayer is the idea. The book of Numbers, chapter 1 at verse 1. I want to read to you a scripture here. And the Lord spake unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, in the tabernacle of the congregation, on the first day of the second month, in the second year, after they were come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Take ye the sum of all the congregation of the children of Israel after their families, by the house of their fathers, with the number of their names, every male by their poles, from twenty years old upward, all that are able to go forth to war in Israel. Thou and Aaron shall... Number them by their armies. And with you there shall be a man of every tribe, every one head of house of his fathers. So it's, a, it's not a place of gender. It's a place of responsibility. Leader of the home. And in our day, head of house... That can be male or female. Okay? We have a lot of single parents. So head of household can be male or female. But it is a rightful position given in the concept of God that when the head of house prays, takes a leading position spiritually. Come on, kids, sit down. We're going to read. A little bit here before we eat tonight. It's taking a leading position, ordered of God, in the structure of his kingdom. We become empowered as the responsible parties when we pray. It makes all the difference in the world. I know there's times when we feel overwhelmed, a circumstance come, a child falls sick, something presents itself, and we, 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 we call out, somebody help me pray, help me pray, help me pray, not realizing you are the one who has a place in God. Your words count the most. I'll read one more scripture. I'll make some comments and then I'll be 
done. Job chapter 1, verse 5. And it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them, rose up early in the morning, offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all, for Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. I don't know where the teaching came from. I don't know where the understanding came from to him. But he believed, obviously, that every morning when he rose up, he would pitch himself before God for the benefit of his family. Which aligns itself with these other scriptures. Now, things are changing for me. <laughs> things have changed for me recently. You know, there was a season and a time when I would go and meet a few others down at the building. And we prayed, prayed every day. Last I counted, it lasted for seven years. Every day. Every day. And then, I began praying at home. Now, there were some dynamics in that, and that's not important for right now. But I started praying at home. I started praying wherever I was. I didn't go and meet anymore at the church, okay? Recently, I felt a charge from the Lord to go back to the building. Now, I don't meet anybody there. I'd rather nobody showed up. I don't encourage anybody there. Now, we have a gathering of prayer on Saturday, and we're doing some pre-dawn prayer once a month, and it's for everybody. But I go with absolutely nothing. Here, let me, let me explain it this way. Before, when I was meeting others at the church every day, I could get up and look at my clock and say, Oh, whoop, I'm late. Jump in the car, run down. And have this pressure hanging on me about getting there because of expectation, I think, of what others may have where is he um, I can remember praying and listening to others praying and them listening to me praying and it had bearing on my prayer it had bearing on my prayer well I'm loosed of that. My body clock wakes up anywhere between 3.30 to 4, maybe 5 sometimes, rarely. And I'm out the door and headed there because I feel instructed of the Lord. I want you to go. I want you to go down to, your, to the building there, and I want you to meet me there. And I'll give you the direction in prayer. I, this isn't an advertisement. I'm not telling anybody they ought to be doing this. I'm not telling anybody that you ought to be doing this. Okay? 
What I am telling you is you're accountable to God what you are or what you are not doing. We all are. We are accountable for what we're doing. We're accountable for what we're not doing. Depending on our place of responsibility, it may be mostly impacting me, but it may be impacting others. Okay? Directly. So, here's what the Lord has showed me. As, Mo I'm, not, no, I'm not Moses. I'm Larry S. L. Schoon on most of my sign-ins. But, Moses went to the top of the mountain and stood before the Lord holding the rod in his hand and it directly impacted the victory of those who were under, we don't like that word, sorry, but those that were under and in the field and in the valley and fighting the battle. There was a direct relationship because of his place of responsibility. On what would be taking place, right? Well, so I feel this challenge or this, it wasn't a challenge like a game. It was a, really an instruction. I want you to do something. I want you to go down to the building and meet me there. And I will direct you in your praying. Now, my praying today is nothing like my praying in the past. The faith that is exercised today, it ain't mine, it's his. And there's no bearing around me on, I don't care what anybody, well, I would care if they were there and hearing, but there's nobody there. I'm in my closet. I'm in my closet with him. I, I can't even share with you some of the things I pray. They're not mine. He passes them on, I speak them out. But this is what he has showed me. First of, first of all, this will impact the whole of Life Church. This, what you're doing with me, will impact the whole of Life Church. Every day, every day, every day. There's no stated times, it's just every day, every day. This is taking no discipline on my part. My body clock is awake. As soon as I'm conscious that I'm awake, I'm headed for my dresser. <laughs> and then to the car. And then down the road. Now, I want to I share with you a piece that, a thought that came to me on Saturday. We had a pre-dawn prayer meeting. There was a considerable group of people that were going to meet down there. And when I went out of the apartment, my wife said, I'll see you there. It's okay, baby. Now, when I got down onto I-5, this thought came to me. My wife does so many things that she feels obligated to do because of who I am. My position, my office in the ministry. She does things out of obligation. And, and I said to the Lord, I don't want her to do this out of obligation. She does too many things out of obligation. And I get her involved in a lot of stuff. And so I prayed. 
See, I don't ever want her to resent anything. I never wanted my children to resent anything in the kingdom of God. I watched the children of ministry go away. It wasn't their life, it was their dad's life. It wasn't their life, it was their mother's life. Some, for some reason, they had never embraced, in the process of time, this is me and I own it. This is me and God. You see, I have no pressure from anybody to do what I am doing right now. I mean, God doesn't even pressure me. He incites me. He encourages me. Now, he may give strong direction, and he is the boss. But you see, I'm entering into the most productive time of my life. I'm on the clock. I'm available. I'm on assignment. Now, there's interesting things. I didn't expect to go here. I have noticed thing about being some things about what I'm feeling now and being on assignment. If there's been times and seasons in my life where I'm being distracted, you know, things on the left, things on the right, whatever it is, I've had distractions. I don't feel any distraction. I am so committed and sold out to this assignment, there's nothing pulling on me. Therefore, I'm liberated. I am free. Now, when you come to the place that you believe that word is true and those words that you have sung are true, that you know when you make petition before, when you speak his name over darkness, over family, I speak it, I speak it, and I say it to the Lord. I'm Now, recently, I've said to my wife, here's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for the evidence. See, I know the word, and I believe the word is true. It is forever settled. Now, because I have engaged to the degree that I have, I'm watching for the evidence. It ought to surface every day. Every day. Every day. Paul shared a testimony, you know, wasn't that great? This happened, that happened. Oh, I wish that would happen more often. No, I'm not living for more often. I'm living for every day now. Every day. Maybe twice a day. Because I have noticed, if I leave prayer and I go to breakfast at a diner, there's going to be an encounter between me and the person waiting. Every day. Every day. Because I am doing it, I am expecting it. Now listen, never mind about the hours that we have come into. I'm talking about a change that comes over us as believers. As believers. When I'm at the church in the, in the morning, I'm not the bishop. I'm a, I'm a believer 
I'm a believer before God. And so the basis that I come to God is His forever settled Word. And then the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Pray this. Pray that. Go here. Go there. Who was it? Matthew. You made a statement. You referenced emptiness. And... You described it because of a feeling it was bringing you. Empty is the best place you can be. But my description of empty is empty of anything that's pulling me or affecting me in some way that I'm not liberated and free to obey God every day, every moment, every word. In whatever scenario he's leading to. We're all on this path of losing our life for his sake that we might find it. But our problem is it's in direct conflict. You can play that baseball game down in the Tri-Cities and get all competitive for about two hours. Where'd you go? Those flowers. You're going to get all competitive for a couple of hours and who's winning? And then when you get back in the rig to come home, you got to shell all that stuff off. Because it's fun for a day, and it's games, and I understand that. But you don't want competition in your life when God's trying to bring you to the end of it. Losing. Say it with me. Losing. Now, we talked about victory before. Victory is found in loss. One writer said we were bound by it all our lives long. When it's me losing all these wishes, wants, and desires, and dreams in my personal life so that I can be liberated to the place as Paul was. It's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ living within me. That my life becomes abundant. 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 I don't know that I've ever felt this way before, but I'm, I, I'm praying daily for a region, for a, a region. There was a time when I would call out a town's name, a city's name, maybe a neighborhood. And, and I do come down to the place of names, people I've met. I, I don't know about you, but every checkout counter is an opportunity. Bob, Linda. Karen, before I get to my car, I pray for the salvation of Bob. Because I want to know somebody in their life, a spirit-filled believer, called out their name for the purpose of salvation. And now, I wait for the evidences. See, there's a, there's a vial, the Bible speaks, uh, filled with the... Prayers of the saints. 
And there's coming an hour. There's coming a day when the vial will be tipped. I feel a, a responsibility from the aspect of position. And I'm just asking you if you do. Not my position. Your position. Is your household covered in prayer? Is the name of Jesus spoken consistently and frequently over your family? We are the accountable parties. We are the accountable ones. Now, that, that all speaks from a position of you're going to have to give an answer. I want to look at it from the point of promise. I am promised that when I speak over my household, that when I bring things to God concerning my family or those in my responsibility realm, that is the most significant word the Lord will hear on the subject. Praise God. Thank you for the time. Elder Fires. Thank you, Bishop. I'm going to ask you all to stand with me if you would. We're going to pray here in a minute. Brother Timothy, would you just come up here and stand with me for a moment? Right here, if you would. This, this man doesn't like the spotlight. And uh, he's happy to be in the background often. As Bishop was ministering, I felt the Lord just bring this back to me, and I wanted to share it with you. I believe, uh, I believe you'll feel a witness of this. But when we started in uh, about January of 2020 here at the congregation, uh, Brother Timothy sent me a text that uh, I'd like to get with you and talk a little bit. So somewhere in that December, January time, I thought, okay, well, here comes a conversation. I don't know what it's, I knew him when he was a little guy. He's not so little anymore. That's why I'm standing up here. <laughs> but I thought, okay, let's, let's go to McDonald's so that it, at least if you have some bad news for me, I'll still have some McDonald's. So <laughs> He didn't know that. That was, my, that was my thinking. And I sat across the table from him, and he said, he said, Elder, I just want you to know whatever you need me to do, I'm going to do it. That's all I wanted to tell you. And in that, I have seen and felt a witness of the Lord and the ministry that he has on this young man. 
Brother Timothy, I'd like, we're going to pray, and I just want Brother Timothy to lead us in prayer here. Can we do that? Respond to what the Lord's doing here today. Lord, we pray your authority over our houses this morning. Let Jesus reign, that name of Jesus reign, God, in our families, in our realm of responsibility, God, whenever we're out and about, let us feel the tug on our hearts to pray for that person you need us to pray for. In the holy name of Jesus Christ, let us be an example that you have provided us as well. Let us people let people see the difference. Let us ask why. Let us share why. It is through your blood. It is through your alignment, God. ask for your alignment as well, Jesus. Align us with your authority, God. Align us with your authority. Without you, we can do nothing, God. It's all through you, Jesus. The faith is not that you're alive and well this morning. The faith is that you know us. The faith is that on that day you're going to welcome us in to your kingdom. Charge us with your work, oh God. Charge us with your work. We seek to be your servants, Jesus. We seek to be ministered by you. We seek your righteousness, O oh Lord. Not our own righteousness, but it's yours. Any of our own righteousness, God, is like dirty rags. We seek your righteousness, O oh God. We seek your strength, your joy, your peace, O oh God other people as well. Let us be beacons unto your kingdom. Let us be the light unto your world, the hands and feet, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. This altar is open. I'm going to ask you to find a place and pray. Come on. I feel the Lord doing a deep work here. Open yourself up to what the Lord's doing today. In the
I think it would be appropriate if we just stand together and be begin to pray over our homes. If you're the leader of your home, come on, this is especially for you. But each one of us in the role that we play, in the God-ordained role that we play in our home, in our family, Lord Jesus, I want your ministry in my home. I want your spirit in my home. God, I want it flowing through my house, God. Right through that front door, Lord Jesus. Into every room of the house, God. Over, God, every part of it. In the name of Jesus, let it be established, God, as a place that's a part of your kingdom. God, let it be a residence, Lord, that's found on the map in your kingdom. Jesus, where your authority is allowed to flow. God, where your spirit is allowed to minister. Jesus, we speak it over our homes today. God, I speak it over these families today in the name of Jesus that we would walk in a place, God, of proper responsibility. God, that we would carry the weight and the authority, God, that comes with your spirit. Jesus, I expect it today. I believe it today, God, over each one of these homes and families, Lord, represented here today, God. I pray for these fathers, Lord Jesus. I pray for these mothers, Lord God. I pray for these husbands and these wives, Lord Jesus, these that are single individuals, these children, Lord God, these young people. I speak it over every single one today in the name of Jesus. God, that we would walk in your truth. God, that we would walk in your understanding. That we would be as an example, Lord Jesus, to the unbeliever. That we would be as an example, O oh God, of what your word is capable of. Of what your spirit is capable of. Lord, we rest assured in your power. We rest assured in your might, O oh God. We stand upon your word today in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you've not done this yet, make an invitation to the Lord. I already said it. He's omnipresent and He's everywhere. But when you specifically say, Lord, I want your presence in my life. I want your spirit in my home. I want it in my room, Lord God. I want your spirit to dwell there. In the name of Jesus. you get home, you have some conversations with those in your household about what was ministered here today. Let the Lord help us. Amen. We know what we need in this regard. 
we need to be under the proper authority in my house, in your house. I just love the fact that if I even just looking over this room, I see countless uh, types of households. Everything from a, a single individual to a married and children were raised and gone and everything in between. We've got it all represented here. And I promise you that God has a role for each one in your house. Roles for you and then anybody else that might be there. But it starts with Him. Say it starts with Him. Amen. Amen. Lord, I thank you for your ministry that's here today. I thank you for the truth of your word that's been spoken to us, Jesus. God, we receive this today. God, we receive it today, Lord. Help us to walk in it, Lord Jesus. Help us to find the ways with your grace to put it into action in our homes, Lord God to put it into action in our families, Lord Jesus. I know that you will give us wisdom. I know that you will give us help and grace and understanding, God, to know what our homes should look like, to know what our proper authorities would be in our place and our role in that. God, we want your kingdom established in our lives. We want your kingdom established in our lives. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Why don't we clap our hands to the Lord and give him some praise. Hallelujah. I thank you, Jesus. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Greet one another in the name of Jesus. You are dismissed. Amen.